welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hi guys, happy Thanksgiving and welcome back to your favorite horror movie podcast where a couple break down scary movies thematically by month and one of them dies a little bit each time. I'm that person. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. I don't die. Yeah, never. Refuse. Yeah, we'll he just die. kind of laughs. Uh, Can't stop, won't stop. It is Thanksgiving week when this drops, so we are doing, um, are we doing a special Thanksgiving episode or is this just... It fits our theme, and it happens to be Thanksgiving. Both. Okay. This movie, like, this movie isn't a movie that you think of when you think of Thanksgiving, although it does, the opening does take place on Thanksgiving. Like, the movie begins with a Thanksgiving dinner. This is uh, our month of uh, mystery crime. Investigative Investigative horror. horror. That was it. <laughs> the first episode, we couldn't come up with the title, and he immediately did, and I immediately forgot it each and every time. So he's always like, it's like, um, like detectives and I'm like investigative horror. That's it. That's the one. When I was a kid, I thought I liked horror movies because Clue was so scary. Uh, yeah. Can I I ask an honest question? Honest question. When you're a child and you're watching Clue, Uh what part of Clue is scary? The, oh, I can tell you exactly. Um, when they're going up, when, when the lights first go out and they're, up in the attic and then like are you there are you listening like uh the tim curry and uh madeline khan like they're kind of talking into the dark and then there's a scene where um miss scarlet who's played by leslie uh ann warren is walking into the ballroom and the curtain is moving and you think someone's going to be back there and it's not it's just a cracked window but yeah I mean, I know that. I, I love. How old were you when you were watching Clue? And probably you're like, like eight, this seven, is scary. eight. So yeah, I remember like a scary movie coming for me. home from the, my no, it was kindergarten. So we did half day. Coming home from kindergarten and making a sandwich really fast so I could go across the street and watch Jaws. Such a so different, <laughs> so different childhoods. We like had. I wasn't afraid of Jaws, but I was afraid of the never-ending story, the big like wolf thing that's like i'm gonna eat you i was like for some reason that scared the shit out of me as a child like jaws didn't i just loved jaws like i wanted to live in that movie really yeah oh my god i lived like near the shore so that's why i purposely never saw it i think i saw i think i've told you this before the only real exposure i had to the movie jaws before like watching it was what we now know what i now know is at jaws 4 i saw the banana boat Spoiler scene. alert for what might come for Christmas this year for no, our Christmas don't. episode. Oh, okay. It is a Christmas movie. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Spoilers. <laughs> so I was weirdly thinking. I was like, what's a weird Christmas movie that no one thinks of but is actually Christmas? Jaws 4. Jaws 4 is a Christmas movie. Paid for Michael Caine's Beach House. It's a terrible movie, but it's um, a fucking Christmas shark movie. 100%. Uh, well, anyway, uh, I saw that and I decided that I couldn't, uh, ever, 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 uh, watch real jobs. Like if this movie is goofy and dumb, it's still scary. I am screwed. Holy shit. If I go backwards, it's going to be a nightmare. Pretty much. Pretty much. Fucking jaws. (laughs) phenomenal but we're not here to talk about we're not we're here to talk about a thanksgiving movie i could i could talk about charles at the drop of a hat oh i know about prisoners from 2013 
Okay. Uh, do you remember 2013 at all? I do. Um, it's almost 10 years ago. How crazy is that? Yeah. I was a newly single mom. And, From husband one? Yeah. Trying to, you know, trying to make it on my own. Like a little Reba McIntyre sitcom. I didn't do it for very long. I ran off and eloped shortly thereafter and ruined everything. But that's fine. Isn't that's that, fine. Isn't that like a statistical thing where like yes. a lot of people rebound and get remarried? Hundred really percent, and it is always awful. Hundred every time. Like I, I think numbers are like ninety percent or like eighty to ninety percent. Well, if if dating me has taught you anything, it's I am impossible to run away and get married to. I know. <laughs> yeah. It five years in. We can't run away and get married one year in, I guess. But, huh. Anyway. That was the sentence that just left yeah. your mouth. <laughs> uh, I just stopped. I also said you're in. Uh, two, 2013, the year, just a couple quick highlights for you. Okay. Um, it was the beginning of Obama's second term. Okay. Um, that was the year of two popes. Oh, yes. Remember we had the Nazi pope and yep. the South American pope? What happened uh, to Nazi Pope? He's he kind of got squirreled away. He's still at the Vatican. He just lives a, the, the life of... Oh, yeah, because he, he's a retired Pope. Yeah, he just, ha, you know... Yeah. Has all like the boys king. he wants to deliver to him. <sighs> or whatever the fuck old Popes do. Probably that. Um, fuck him. Uh, Snowden disclosure yes, happened, and he fled to Russia. I was just now being... Uh, I'm sure he's happy with that decision. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto V was released. Well, that's all that matters, isn't go. it? 2013. Um, boop. That was the year that we lost Roger Ebert, Jonathan Winters, James Gandolfini, Lou yeah. Reed, Paul Walker, uh, Nelson Mandela, Peter O'Toole, and James Avery. Hashtag James Avery. Phil. Yeah, that also, was also the voice of Shredder in the original. He was Earl's a big cartoon. part of our childhood, but for very different reasons. Um, the new words were just bingeable. Okay. Yeah. Um, Netflix had just kind of we have talked a big thing online. Yeah, we've talked a lot about 2000, 2013 in the past on this podcast, and I'm about to read you movies, and you're going to be like, "Oh yeah, we've talked about this year," or um, I'll have forgotten them entirely. I doubt it's it. It's one of the two. 2013. The other movies that came out that year were Mama. Oh yeah, I know the person who wrote that. Spring Breakers, <laughs> The Evil Dead remake. Okay. Lords of Salem, the first Purge film. Mm-hmm. Um, Man of Steel, Pacific Rim, The Conjuring, You're Next, Insidious Chapter 2, Captain Phillips, Nebraska, Frozen, and The Wolf oh, of Wall yeah. Street. You've seen a ton of these. 2013 was a big fucking year. It was. It was indeed. Um, and this movie definitely wasn't the biggest movie of the year, but okay. it's arguably one of the best. Um, Who is in this movie? So, well, hold on. Let's oh. let's talk about it first. Prisoners is rated R. It is, we, we mentioned last week, mm-hmm. a very lengthy mm-hmm. two and a half hours long. Mm, I'm not ready for that. Um, <laughs> Side note, I will not sit through Avatar 2. Uh, it was released September 20th of 2013. Uh, it's directed by Denny Villeneuve. Okay. Who is on a fucking tear. Like, really? He did a couple movies that were smaller, and then he did this, and then after he directed this... He did Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, and Dune. Oh, yeah. It's been a big... (laughs) Like, he just keeps keeps getting bigger. And longer. Bigger, bigger, Actually, because all those movies are very long. No. uh, Arrival's short. I think Arrival's only an hour and a half. Yeah, but... Blade Runner is long. Blade Runner Mm -hmm. 2049 is long as shit. Um, Dune is... Yeah. Dune was a movie that was so long they had to cut it into two. Right. (laughs) That's what I mean. But to be fair, like, going into Dune, you're like... This should be two movies or possibly three. There's a lot to cover. 
in Dune. In, in a book that's larger than the Bible. Yeah, that's true. I'll right. give you that. I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, it's It was written by Aaron Guzikowski, who is the show creator of a show called Raised by Wolves on the television. I feel like I... All right, go. I think I remember that move, that show. Um, and then is that the Josh Wolf. Con- All right, never mind. Sorry, go ahead. Cinematography is by Roger Deakins, maybe the greatest living cinematographer. Um, just a quick overview. He's also uh, the Coens' longtime cinematographer. Okay. So basically, any Coen Brothers film he's done. He also did. I love the Coen Brothers. Uh, specifically, book. Shawshank Redemption. I love that movie. He did Fargo. He did Lebowski. He did Skyfall. He did Sicario. He did 1917. Oh, wow, you're he not did kidding. Blade Runner 2049. For like the longest time, it was a running joke that he was the greatest living cinematographer and he never won an Oscar, even though. Because like there were years where he was against himself. And he still never won. And he never won. Because he was like. wild. Why? Dude, so he, he finally off? won. I believe for Blade Runner 2049. Because people were like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, that movie that is beautiful. Insane. Like, it's beautiful to look at. Like, it's one of those movies that you could pull any nice. frame out and just hang on your wall as a piece of art. Yeah. So he rightfully won for that. <laughs> so Good. finally, there you go. Um, the only thing more stacked than the creators of this movie. Are the? The cast. Okay. Tell me who we've got. Holy shit. So the lead is Hugh Jackman. Okay. I do um, love me a Hugh Jackman, except for Dracula 2000, which... Oh, that wasn't him. Yes, it was. Wasn't it? That <laughs> wasn't him. Who was that? I don't remember, but that definitely mm. was not Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Continue. I'm looking that um, one up. It was somebody... Gerard Butler. That's who it was. Sorry, go okay. ahead. Okay. Um, it came to me. I had to think about it for a such second. Such a mess today. Yeah. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving break, guys. Um, Teacher on break. He plays a character named Keller Dover. Kellered over. Keller Dover. Oh, I thought you said Kellered over. No, like, that's the dumbest name. L L E R D O V E R. Okay. Keller Dover. Okay, I get it now. Um, he's Wolverine. Yeah. I could leave it at that, but he's also known for Les Mis and The Prestige. Yeah. Like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, he's a big time actor. <laughs> yeah. Like, he does it all. Was he, he in? Was he P T Barnum? Yeah. 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 Like, if there's a big musical remake happening, he's somehow I just, involved. I like the fact that Hugh Jackman is like a Tony's guy. Like mm-hmm. he's a song and dance man who, because he got cast as Wolverine, people are like, he's like an action guy. I'm like, no, not really. Not really. Like he's very, in real life, he's very much more a song and dance man than he is like an action man. He married like his high school sweetheart. Yeah. She's she's not like some crazy, insane supermodel. Like they just have this very normal life apparently. Good for him. Yeah. Um, next we have Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Um, hi. Hi. I love Jake Gyllenhaal so much. Brokeback Mountain. Um, yes. Nightcrawler. Donnie Darko. Nightcrawler might be my favorite Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko might be my favorite of his movies. Okay. Nightcrawler is my favorite of his performances. Okay. I get that. Like. Nightcrawler is a movie I saw and I was like, well, that's like a once in a lifetime performance. Like you don't get another one of those. Was that another crazy long one that I didn't want to go see? With no, you? I thought you saw it. It's the one where he starts that overnight news service where he like films car accidents and stuff. Oh, I did see that with you. Yeah, that was really good. Actually, like, holy shit! Like yeah. that performance is that like is the fact really he good. got no attention blows my mind. Was that the pandemic year? No, that goes back even further than that. No, it's like two thousand. 17 it was a very good 2016 movie. somewhere there um 
Yeah, he also is, he just is in a lot of good movies. Like, uh, we mentioned Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. Brokeback Mountain, Nightcrawler, Zodiac, End of Watch, Life. Uh, he made his debut as City Slickers. He's also in uh, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. He is. He was in City, was he one of the kids? He was one of the children yeah. in City Slickers. So that's where he debuted. I'm sitting here thinking, like, in my head, I'm thinking of Mrs. Doubtfire, for some reason, and I was like, "Wait, that's not him. Those are no. the Lawrence kids." Um, he does play a movie. Er, play a movie. God, he plays a character in this movie called Detective Loki. Oh, so is go. that his last name? Yeah, we don't know his first name. It's like David. I think his name's David Wayne. Dave. David Wayne Loki. Okay, there you go. Thank you, David Wayne. Um, I will tell you, Jake Gyllenhaal made some hardcore acting choices for this character. Okay, when you see him. <laughs> what he's wearing his like facial tics and everything you're like oh you put in backstory work <laughs> okay like, is it is it that kind of like a trivia thing like he did a I lot mean, for this character and none of it none really of it comes off? into play it's just he built a whole backstory for this character and it shows like gotcha you're watching him and you're like ah, oh, i kind of like think this is a real dude <laughs> okay like, that's what makes a good actor is when yeah. you, you're really committed and you know the part um Next, we have uh, Viola Davis, who's Nancy Birch. She's she also was in, in Mama for uh, The right? Help in Widows, Fences. She's the leader of the Suicide was Squad. Was she in Mama? No. Or is that... Okay. Sorry. Continue. That's Jessica Chastain, okay. who's a white lady. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm thinking... Of, sorry. <laughs> a different movie. Yep. I think it's just called Mom. Uh, Melissa Leo plays Holly Jones. She was in The Fighter. Frozen River, Street Walking, a movie. <laughs> Street That's walking? like her second movie where she just played a prostitute. Okay. Where she gets chased through New York City by the dad from... Um, Full House. Pet Cemetery. Oh. <laughs> like the first Pet Cemetery. That's weird. Okay. But he like is acting like a stereotypical pimp, but it's the dad from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> so you just keep going like... Where you're watching and you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Yeah. It's a Can't crazy break movie. the character. Uh, we have Melissa Leo, who plays Grace Dover. Okay. The wife of Hugh Keller. Jackman in this film. Uh, she's in History of Violence, Coyote Ugly, and Lights Out. Lights Out, a movie that will both murder you and we will eventually watch in the show. Coyote Ugly. Uh, Coyote. My mom loves that movie. Every woman every woman alive in like the tw- early 20s, uh, 2000s, yes, love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Terrence Howard playing Franklin Birch. Okay. He was in the original Iron Man, mm-hmm. Hustle and Flow. Mm-hmm. He won an Oscar for that one. Um, did he win an Oscar? I know the soundtrack won an Oscar. Fairly certain he did too. That's how he scored Iron Man. So, and then I'm going to end because there's other people, but I'm just going to end by talking about Paul Dano. Okay. Paul Dano it plays a character named Alex Jones. Oh. <laughs> Not the Alex Jones, but and an that Alex name is Jones. forever tainted. Yep. Uh, he's in There Will Be Blood. Little Miss Sunshine, Love and Mercy. Like, Paul Dano's a very versatile actor who mm-hmm. I think do everything. Like, he's never the scene stealer of a movie, but he, he can hold his own with anyone. Yeah. Like, the fact that he's the the opposite lead in There Will Be Blood. Okay, yeah. And is able to it hold says his own something. is a testament. Yeah, up against the powerful, uh, what's his face? Guy from Last of the Mohicans and everything who goes crazy. Anyway, this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the movie, and I predict the plot. Okay, here we go. While you're pulling that up, I'm just going to go ahead and 
tell you the answer is DDL, Daniel Day-Lewis. Thank you. You couldn't remember his name either, could you? No, I just sit here watching you like go. You couldn't remember it either. Uh, uh. All right. It's two men looking bleak and staring off into space. That's this movie. There's Hugh Jackman with a little kid on his shoulders. Prisoners. Every moment matters. I'm going to say this is a movie about an escaped convict who just is trying to lead a normal life and the cop who can't let the case go cold. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, there is a cop. But that's not what this there is you about. Go. Okay. That's fine. That's my prediction for this very long ass movie. I will say this movie doesn't feel as long as it is. Okay. It's a you really always say that. Movie. Okay. No, there, there are movies that are like an hour and a half and they feel like they're three hours. Right. You're like, Jesus Christ. That's true. I and guess. And then there are two and a half hour movies where you're like, well, that went by really fast. Yeah. Okay. Well, where can we watch this film if we don't have an amazing box set Blu-ray like you probably do? There's there's just a Blu-ray. Okay. And so, yes, you have it. Yeah. I mean, I bought this movie when it first came out because I loved it so much. Uh, you're going to have to rent it on Amazon if you don't own it okay i don't think it's streaming for anywhere this movie's worth a watch like i don't necessarily put a lot of stock in rotten tomatoes or like imdb numbers Mm -hmm. but this has like an 8.1 on imdb like it is well this is a very you don't put a lot of stock into it unless they agree with you is what i'm hearing no i mean Mm -hmm. because sometimes you look at them and you're like "Eh, it's subjective yeah it's it's a subjective thing because you know I'll defend Saturday Night Fever to my grave, and there are people who absolutely loathe it for very good reasons, but it doesn't matter. It's a piece of art that speaks to me, because that is, you know, kind of the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. This movie's, I won't say this movie speaks to me, because that would be fucked up, oh. but this movie, this is a really, really good movie, and it's not necessarily like a horror film that like shit's jumping out at you to scare you. It's a thriller. Okay. It's a lot... Like, we, I told you last night, it's very similar and not in plot, but in Tone. feel to, like, seven. Okay. Movies like that. Ugh. Okay, that makes me worry about that little girl on that guy's shoulders now. Where it's just, like, it builds Yeah, no, I get it. I get movie. it. I, so there you I go. I get it. Okay, yay. All right, well, we're off to watch. Prisoners. Mind the doors. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Anna, wait until we're invited. Oh, for God's sake. Kelly, get the hell in here. What? He actually sings it in the shower. It's a whole I do not. Yes, you do. Abby, can I take Joy to our house? And wear a hat, please. You're just getting over a cold. Joy, you wear a hat, too. Where are your sisters? I can't find them. Anna? Joy? Wait, I checked the entire house. They're not here. Dad, there was this RV and they were playing on it. There was, there, we thought there was someone inside. You wait here. Let me go. I couldn't find them! Detective Loki. <laughs> Do you have children, Detective? I'm going to find your daughter. Show me your hands right now, huh? You put those girls somewhere, Alex. No. I know you put those girls somewhere. He stays in custody until my daughter's found, right? We have a 48 hour hold on. It ends tomorrow unless we bring charges. Go charge him or something. That boy has never been in trouble, not a day in his life. Well, this thing's clean. I'd start looking in the woods by the rest stop. The 
Police said they're letting him go today. What you doing? Tell me! Oh, no, no, no! Day six, and every day she's wondering why I'm not there. You told us that you could protect us from everything. Why did you look for my daughter? Alex. What in the world did you do? Someone has to make him talk, or they're gonna die. We're not gonna help Keller, but we won't stop him either. Let him do what he needs to. I know you know where they are. Where's my daughter? We watched Prisoners. It was a lot. And both mean, of time and of my anxiety. Say, uh, it's very anxiety inducing. It's also it's lengthy. Ugh. It's got some it's got some length and some it makes girth. you question <laughs> It's got some emotional girth to it. Ew. You say that weird girth. girth. It's because I'm putting the emphasis on the front of the word. Girth. So instead of saying girth, I'm saying girth. 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 There you go. Well, this is the analysis that you tune in for, ladies and gentlemen, to hear, me, to hear me say girth. this movie is both lengthy and girthy. <laughs> it's a it's a lot. Uh, it's shit. a lot. It, it was good. Don't get me wrong. I did like this. I did like this movie, but uh, I know what you're I know what you mean by this isn't a movie you watch more than once. This isn't a movie that you're like. Let's watch Prisoners again. It's funny you should say that. I've seen this movie like nine or ten times. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've seen this movie. My mom fucking loves this movie. Ugh. Like, I don't know. There's something about people. Like, my I'm, mom. My mom's. Even my dad. abducting kids that they're like, yeah. No, it's like that dark shit. Like, my mom loves Seven. My dad loves shit like Sicario. Like, right. Like, a dark. Like, my family's really weirdly into dark stories. Yeah. Like, my mom loves Pumpkinhead. It's, like, one of her favorite movies of all I time. I do like Pumpkinhead. Like, it's very fun. It just is. Like, we're a, we're a dark people. We're dark people. Like, emotionally, not... Yeah, no, I got it. Skin tone-wise. Got it. No, we got it. Anyway, <laughs> this movie... cast allusions to people who have never met me. This movie. Okay. Um, Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman's daughter goes missing along with Terrence Howard's daughter. And Hugh Jackman goes crazy trying to locate them. And a lot of twists and turns while Jake Gyllenhaal tries to solve it the legal way. And Hugh Jackman, the illegal way. Fiend. Yes, IMDb has when Keller Dover's daughter. Well, see, they use like the character name. Nobody knows who that is. Uh, and her friend go missing. He takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. Mm. Oh. I like my rambling way better. I usually do. Let's try to unpack just quickly the plot of this fucker because it's. It's, it's got, every parent's worst it gets nightmare. gets my head twisted up like a pretzel. <laughs> it's every parent's worst nightmare for your child to suddenly just vanish. Out of nowhere. Just yeah. vanish. Um, let's go ahead and get this out of the way now. So it takes place on Thanksgiving. Yes. The first day. Um, and then the kids are outside playing on the RV and then they just disappear. And that's the beautiful and best 
decision that the screenwriter and the director, Denny Villeneuve, made is you never see what happens. Yes. Like, it's just How that they're thing. lured away or how, yeah. you know, how they're treated or it's that they're thing just that gone. always, like, you have every time you have, like, a get-together where it's, like, winding down and everyone's kind of tired and then they look around and, like, where are the kids? Yeah. And then they go look around and they're, like, where are they? And they can't find them. And then it just turns into, like, they are fucking gone. Yeah. And then they do not show up until the end of the movie. <laughs> like, there's no hint of them. There's no, like, tease. There is a happy ending. So I was happy about that. That's very important when we watch these kind of scary movies. Um, not the blood, gore, the... No, there's a child and a very real problem is happening. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so there's a couple different threads. Okay. So there's the detective thread... Which is Jake Gyllenhaal, whose last name is yep. Loki. Jake Jillycakes. Jilly Locals. <laughs> who is the detective who has solved every case he's ever been assigned to. Right. Um, and he's working it from the law side. Mm-hmm. And then there's Keller Dover. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Who has retractable adamantium claws. And just keeps <laughs> pounding this guy. Um, he basically like... He thinks from the outset that Paul Dano did it. So Paul Dano plays a mentally challenged adult who has the brain of like a kid who is in the RV and does know where the kids are. Okay. Can we get in the weeds for a second about Paul Dano? All right. We're jumping to the end. I already know. No, 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 no. Okay. Like he's such a good actor and he gives a performance that people wouldn't think. Like, watching this movie, you, you that's not the showy role. Mm-hmm. Like, you watch it and you're like, damn, Hugh Jackman, like, smashed that fucking sink with a hammer. It's like the showy role, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's got a lot going on with his fucking facial tics and his, like, weird ring choice and, and all his face and shit. And, yeah. Um, also, my favorite character in the movie, by the way. I fucking mm-hmm. love Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. But Paul Dano has this, like, he plays this character who's low functioning. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think of all the people in the movie, the two people that I never see as like the movie stars that are playing them mm-hmm. is one Paul Dano. Right. Like I'm like, Oh, they got like a slow person to play this. Like he never, like there's times when I'm like, Oh, it's Hugh Jackman. Right. <laughs> like it's just Hugh Jackman being Hugh Jackman. And like, even with Jake Gyllenhaal sometimes, but Paul Dano fucking killed it. And yeah. do you think he's autistic? Like a low-functioning autistic? Because he has think, like a personal space issue. I think that it is the result of trauma? being drugged probably a million times. Like layers of trauma? Well, you got layers of trauma and then you also have, you know, I'm sure he was given that special juice over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And so there's brain damage that results from that. LSD. Yeah. LSD and some shit there. I mean... Um, the other person, by the way, in case you're wondering, listener, um, where I never, I'm like, man, they fucking killed it. Was Maria Bello? Yeah. Like, she basically does what I think a lot of us would do, which is cry, mm-hmm. and I just want to sleep. Yeah. Like, someone figured this out. I'm going to be sleeping and taking these pills. And when I wake up, my son will be back, or my daughter will be back. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to, this is awful. I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to take a knee, and then this is all going to be over. Yeah. Um, That's a very realistic and they're like the two kind of view. least flashy roles in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're fucking incredible. So there's a whole side plot 
where Hugh Jackman thinks Paul Dano definitely did it because he confronts him and then Paul Dano says um, they didn't cry till I left them. Right. And then he's like, oh, this motherfucker definitely did it. So he kidnaps him. I mean, he, he does know something. Yeah. And then proceeds to just beat the ever-loving shit up Paul Dano over several days before... Guantanamo Bay him. Before a building? Like, this weird... Isolation chamber. Prison isolation thing over a shower. Mm-hmm. And then rigs the shower to be extremely cold or extremely hot and just yep. to punish the shit out of him to get him to give up information. And, I mean, all the kid can say is just, they're in the maze, they're in the maze. Which is where they are. Yeah. He didn't have the words to say so where the maze was. That's though. that's one storyline. Okay. Storyline two. that's going on, there's a second thing that starts up. Once Paul Dano gets kind of passed over as being like a likely suspect, right? Where there's... the second guy who was also a victim of these. Oh, before that, they find the dead body in the church in the basement. Yeah. there's a, So the second subplot is that... There was a one guy. of the registered sex offenders that they're going, you know, because they have to go down the list whenever, you know, young children go missing because that's America, um, is a Catholic priest who is passed out drunk on the floor. Because, of course. And they ha- and it's discovered that he has a dead body in his, chained up in his basement, you know, since, you know, the early 90s. Um, which, I don't think it's been, I think it's been like five or six years. Whatever. Well, if he's 26, maybe like 10 years. It's the, like, because the, the, the lady, Holly Jones, Alex Paul Dano's mom. Mm-hmm. No. Um, aunt, who's but, played, yeah. yeah. Aunt, who's played by Melissa Leo says like her husband left five years ago. Okay. That was it. So, um, but then there's a whole subplot with, um, delightful, David Desmalchin. So then there's this other guy. Who is like buying children's clothes and like he's got a box like totes full of snakes. He's got some issues. Um, he, yeah, he's got some problems. Now, how was he? He was a victim who escaped. Yeah, and it fucked him up. Right. Like what he saw. Yeah, he couldn't stop with the, you know. So he recreates all the murders, but he doesn't want to hurt people so he uses so he buries mannequins. Ma- like child mannequins right. and like covers it in pig blood like other clothes and stuff right um so that's fucked up but i mean if, he's definitely not the person they're looking for but he would definitely be a person of interest mad however. fucked up um and he draws like the symbol that was on the dead man in the he yeah, had like a uh, church's basements pendant yeah, type thing before shooting himself in the <sighs> yeah it, this movie has got a lot of ends and a lot, a lot of, of stuff. Uh, and it turns out that it was Paul Dano's aunt the entire time. Yes, he did this. Um, and then it's uh, Terrence Howard and Viola Davis's child escapes. Let's um, let's Keller Dover. Let's Hugh Jackman know. You know you oh you were there. Right. And he puts it together, which is the one part of this movie that doesn't make sense to me because why wouldn't he just tell everyone? Right. And, like be like oh my god I know who it is. Because, like, at... that's not tipping his hand to give away what he did to her son. Because yeah, he, did, he went yeah. over... Yeah, sorry. He went... Well, she adopted him. Which yeah, is like, fair. So, but he went over to her house under the pretense of, like, I scared him at the police station. I wanted to apologize. Like, he could have just told the cops that. That's the one part. And I feel like there's, like, a plot hole there that maybe... Because this movie was originally, like, 
little over three hours before they cut it down. That it was that maybe it was covered where there was a reason he had to run from the cops in the hospital. Yeah. Or I don't know. But yeah, he goes, confronts Melissa Leo. She makes him drink that poison the shit. LSD, the aforementioned Jesus juice. Yeah. Shoots him in the leg, which I was surprised his healing factor didn't fix that immediately. <laughs> immediately. And then dumps him down in like this little hole in the ground. Um, and then you're like, okay, well, you're you're out of the movie. And then yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they find Paul Dano and Jake Jilly Cakes has to go <laughs> tell the aunt slash mom like what happened, and right. then he puts it together, and then they shoot each other, right? Shot in the head, and then bleeding from his head hole, God. drives the girl to the hospital, mm-hmm. and then she saved in the movie ends with this. This is such a fucking complicated movie. We're trying to describe it. Um, it ends with. Them hearing Hugh Jackman in the hole blowing the whistle. And the police officer hearing it. But do you think, like, he saved him after that? Like, do you think it was a thing where they were like, oh, I definitely heard that. And then they were able to, like, locate him? Yes. Okay. I think, I like, it ends on, like, an ambiguous note where it's like, eh, he could have just been like, ah, it's nothing. And, like, walked away. Okay. But. The original ending of the script was what they never find him and he ties down in that oh shit well it's that sounds so terrifying and whatnot but it's also like what every parent would do you know what i mean like if they could take the place of you know their child very true then yeah they would just do that and also like totally like doing things that you would never do to see your child again. Yes. Like he knows that shit's poison essentially and drinks it because right. she's like, that's a ticket to your daughter again. So right? he does like, it. You need to do this to see your daughter. And he does it because he's willing to do anything to see the daughter again. Um, and, and yeah, like a parent would absolutely yeah. take the place of their child. And then it's terrifying, like, but yes, we look at the title of the movie mm-hmm. prisoners, like at face value, you're like, well, there's two girls and two girls disappear. But everyone in this movie is kind of a prisoner. And it's the script was written mm. that way. Like, it was very much designed that way. Like, obviously, the two little girls are prisoners, being held prisoner. Yes. Paul Dano, right, is a prisoner of his past. He's still living with the woman who abducted him and gave him a new name. And in the script, in the, apparently the original film, uh, the original cut of the film, they also imply molested. Oh, yeah. Um, but they dropped that angle because they're like, it's this a is lot. a bit much. It's a lot. <laughs> so Paul Dano is also a prisoner. Hugh Jackman and, well, all four family members are prisoners of, like, their grief and not knowing what happened to their children. And, you know, they they all succumb to different things. Yeah. Like Terrence Howard and Viola Davis kind of just go, we don't know what to do. And God. then they discover that. It's terrifying. Hugh Jackman's just beating the shit out of this like low functioning guy, and they're like, "Hey, you do what you got to do. We won't say like we're we're behind. We're not going to help you, but we're, we're not going to stop rap. you. We're not going to intervene, right?" And then Hugh Jackman's just—he's an angry man, and the only thing he knows how to do in he's these moments is be the angry. Yeah. And he wants to help, and he wants to do something, and he can't just sit at home. Like I think it's very interesting that he thinks mm-hmm. it's more helpful. To just keep pummeling a man who clearly 
can't articulate the words that he wants to hear. Right. Then, like, be supportive of his wife and son, who he still has. And who are go- who are going through this grief process yeah. as well. Like, he's, he's almost willing to lose them, not yeah. only to get his daughter, but just to live in that anger. Which yeah. is, he's a prisoner to that shit. It's um, an interesting way to, yeah, you're absolutely right. And then, I guess, in the longer cut in the script, too, there was a whole angle about... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character grew up in like a state home and he's like a prisoner of his childhood. Oh. And this case is super important to him because like it really strikes home. So everyone's got like their skin in the game, right? They're a prisoner to something in their past, Um, except for the kids who are literally prisoners prisoners. (laughs) in now. Correct. Right. And then it's a thing where like you see these kids at the end of the movie, they are fucked up yes and it's not a thing where they're still high they're like comatose almost yes like traumatized yes like it will take years to undo this to undo like this seven or eight days My right God. like the best they can hope for is they don't remember anything you know yeah it it's just everyone's a prisoner to the past in this movie that's yep. what this movie is about and I, I think it's very interesting we talked a, a smidge about this and I was like, I'm going to bring it up because it's very true. This movie, honestly, if it had a theme, it's like being a prisoner of your past, but also like hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right? Like Hugh Jackman doesn't know what to do with his emotions, so he just lashes out. And beats the hell out of this and kid. And he's not, not just the kid. Like he's fucking mean to everyone. Yeah. He's fucking an asshole to everyone. Yes. Like he's an asshole to his son. He fucking, the minute... He meets Jake Gyllenhaal's cop. He's like a fucking dickhead to him. Yep. Even though he's the helping. Yeah. The only one who's like there to help. Like, hey, I'm here to help. Yeah. Like This was hard. Hurt people hurt people. Like Paul Dano helps the woman who abducted him abduct children. Yep. Right? Because that's the only life he knows. Yep. That's so... <sighs> David Desmalchin. Like... He's this like emotionally crippled man who can barely carry a conversation and he's killing pigs and covering like mannequins and blood like because he's emotionally damaged. Yeah. And it, it's an interesting there's a lot that they cut out like you were saying that would give a lot more information about um, Loki. But I mean, it, it's it's evident that, oh, that guy has that guy has some problems, too. That, you know, he's got this weird little facial tick this way of talking that's like okay he only knows what he's been told you know he, it, it's very i don't know how to explain it it's it's just a very ty- it's a very it's a type yeah and i don't know like part of me enjoys a movie like this not because of the subject matter but because you're you're watching something that's like a thriller and kind of horrorish horror adjacent depending on how you want to look at it mm-hmm. and it's just A-list actors from top to bottom. It's an A-list cinematographer. That's this movie true. is fucking beautiful to look at. Um, the script is great. The direction is lights out. Like, Denny went on to do, like we talked about at the beginning of yes. the movie, like so many good movies. Um, I think Sicario followed this. Like, it's fucking incredible. And it's like that A-list horror thing that comes down every once in a while. It's like that prestige prestige horror <laughs> or the elevated horror as yeah. they call it but it's so fucking went good. done well it's cr- it's very good yeah there's no like wink and a nod there's no like Mm-mm. you you fully buy 
everything that these actors are presenting and for like, sure. This is a movie where there's no supernatural element to it. Oh no. There's no like he comes and gets you in your dreams. Like even the religious or, aspect is kind of played down. Like it it's it this is something that happens all the time. God. Probably not with all the ins and outs that are involved in this movie. Right. <clears throat> um, but like people go missing all the time. Yep. Right? Like they sure do. Did I ever tell you I almost got kidnapped once? Yes, you did. I think we've talked about it on the podcast. Where like you were just walking out with some guy, like, oh, he just like took your hand. You we, were like, "Oh, I guess I was, like, like with this guy little, now." I was like three or four, and I don't even remember it. Like my mom told me, we were leaving like a store, and my mom couldn't find me. And this grown man like had me by the hand and was just like walking me out of the store across the parking lot. Yeah. And she like yelled for me, and I looked up, and I guess I realized, oh, I don't know this person, and like I ran back to my mom, and then that guy <sighs> took off, like. Probably because you knew your mom was about to beat his ass. Everyone should be afraid of your mom. She didn't put up with shit. God, that's terrifying. That's a nightmare. I mean, that's this movie. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. It's it's interesting, too, to get, like, your perspective versus my perspective. Because, like, I have played a hand in, like, raising kids through the years of, like, yeah. my jobs. and what, But I'm, I'm not an actual parent. Like, I'm not a father. Yeah. So, like, Plus, you get as... Being the pseudo dad to my kids. This is like a something that's I'm one step removed from. Right. So I get to enjoy it just like, oh, it's like, this is a wild movie. And then I look over at you and you're like, <laughs> like oh my God. Yes. So. This was a perfect. Yeah. That's a good. This was a good example of that. Um, we did watch this with the older set and it was enjoyed. It was a, it, it is a quick two hours, as you said. It does go by very quickly. Um, there's not a lot of drag to this movie. And for me to say that, y'all know it's got to be a real thing because I, I don't. I would say this. Mm-hmm. Like, watching it again, I think this movie moves so fast for, like, an hour and 45 minutes. And then there's, like, a half an hour from, like, the hour 45, hour 50 mark for, like, 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. Where you're, like, you feel it. And you're, like, oh, Because, like, you were even, like, in that period, you looked at me and you're, like, this movie is long yes okay and then like it picks right back up you get back to the house and then the things with like melissa leo and then it it picks up again and you forget (sighs) about the time but there's definitely like the stuff in the hospital like when the kids like the girl reappears and then all that stuff you're like okay like we it's a lot like we should move like let's move but i get why it's in the movie but um This movie was something else. Yeah. What are we? Oh, well, well, no. Give me some information about this movie. Uh, like this behind movie, the scenes kind of stuff. This movie was originally rated NC-17. And they had to cut it down. Because They of had the... to cut some of the torture scenes down. Because <laughs> apparently it went harder. Damn. It went pretty hard. Okay. Yeah. That's that's upsetting. Um, I think what's really upsetting is Paul Dano said he's attracted to roles like this. Like learning disabilities. Um screaming like ranting because he says draws on his own personal and private experiences to perfect these recurrent uh, roles whoa like okay it's uh kind of telling and super depressing uh one thing we didn't talk about when we were talking about the idea of being a prisoner to the past is jake gyllenhaal looks up a news article about the apartment building oh that right. jackman owns and it says in the article, if you're looking... His dad committed suicide, but da- left no note. 
And it was Hugh Jackman who found him. Oh, okay. So that's why he's so always, you know, prepared for everything. Yeah. He's like, we've, we didn't even mention that. Like, that's how deep this movie is. Like, we didn't even mention the fact that he's like a fucking doomsday prepper. Yeah. And he's got like a gas <laughs> mask and like lie and all kind of like fucking buckets of Crisco and shit in his yeah. basement because you never know. You never know. Hope for the best to prepare for the worst. He says that a few times in this movie. A lot in this movie. Um, I think everyone weirdly enjoyed watching this, all four participants. Yes. Um, this is more prestige than like an Arkov, like exploitation thing. I would agree. I mean, it definitely has action, but it takes a while to get to. Um, I would argue <sighs> definitely revolutionary. I don't want to talk about the fornication part. Um <sighs> There is killing, but not as much as you would think in a movie like this. Fair. It's weird that, like, <laughs> movies where, like, Jason comes out of Lake and kills 45 people, you don't really bat an eye. And then at some point, you're just like, oh, man, like, he cut that dude's head off. And, like, <laughs> he, like, picked that girl up in a sleeping bag and beat another girl to death with her. And then it's, like, fun. But, like, nothing in this movie is fun. Nope. Nothing is fun. Um, there's oratory the lines in this movie are lights out like the acting is supreme um i want to say fantasy with all the weird side shit of like burying mannequins and, yeah all the layers every the story in this movie is could very easily happen yeah like it's, all the monsters are real <sighs> it's the old the the scariest things are us humans yeah. Well, it's it goes back to what Stephen King said. Like Stephen King always said, you know, what's scary isn't the monster who lives in the house across the street. It's the people who own the house that the monster right. lives in. Right. Yep. Why is that monster so comfortable living in that house? So, um, and then fornication. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So next week, what do we got next week, babe? Um, it's honestly really fun that you, uh, transitioned off fornication Uh-oh. because we're about to watch a movie with a lot of fornication. So we're not watching it with my mother. We're watching Angel Heart. Angel Heart. Sounds like a weird eighties rock ballad. It's an eighties something. Uh, it's an eighties detective horror movie. Nice. Eighties. How long are we talking? Like an hour and 50 minutes. We'll see. All right. Well, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs>